Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to take your leadership to the next level. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. Yeah, and I'm your co-host for today, Patrick Fitzgerald, the presidential liaison at Southeastern University. I'll be taking Dr. Michael Steiner's role here (laughs) on the podcast while he is off on uh, paternity leave. We welcome his uh, third daughter. Yeah, to yeah. Southeastern so community. He's taking some time off, and uh, Patrick, great to have you on the show today. You're going to yeah. do awesome. Glad to be here. So thanks for being a part of that. And man, how excited I am to be able to introduce a good friend for our today's show, Josh Jamison. Josh is student ministries pastor at East Ridge Church in Washington State. Uh, also an alum of Southeastern University right. yep. and also right. an alum of Northwest University, where I first met you. Yep, that's right. You were a student when I was dean uh, of the College of Ministry, and, and I'm going to tell you, I saw early on uh, your amazing leadership gifts and ability and knew you were going to be a great leader. So oh, thank uh, you. grateful for you and, and our friendship. And we go way back. Uh, uh, we attended East Ridge when we when we lived there, and, yep. and so loved it. But I'll tell you, Josh has a, a great uh, passion for preaching and teaching and and outreach, and so it's great to have you here today. Oh, well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, an honor yeah. to be here. So thank you. And you got to uh, invest in students uh, uh, in chapel, and man, what a what a great investment. So thank you for all of that. Of course. Want to want to open our discussion on on. On youth ministry, uh, uh, you and your wife, Carrie, uh, you lead that at, at, at East Ridge. You both serve uh, amazing students through a variety of programs mm-hmm. and through a variety of outreach opportunities. What kind of opportunities do you provide provide the students you have the privilege to lead in terms of growing and developing their life and, and uh, you know, giving them a, a solid foundation of, of how they can integrate faith with their life? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, first of all, you know, when you look at what you're trying to do in youth ministry, unfortunately, a lot of people look at it just through terms of trying to create programs, you know, that fit within the schedule of the church and, you know, uh, just trying to create spots where you can appease, you know, the family schedule. Uh, I think that youth ministry right now, more than ever is one of the most important things that the church can be invested in right. because you have a generation of young people who are searching for answers. And, you know, what we try to do is uh, create ministry that not only is going to share the gospel with them clearly and right where they're at, but is also going to help them wrestle with real life, real world questions that they're having to face every single day right. when they're yeah. walking through their campus. And, you know, so we try hard to, to dive into difficult subjects, not lean away or shy away from the difficult subjects because teenagers more than anybody can tell quickly... Uh, you know, when you're shooting straight with them, when you're trying to talk truth to them, or when you're just trying to skirt around things. But the big thing for, I think, a lot of young people is this disconnect between their faith and how it impacts uh, my future, what I'm going to do with my life, but also how does it impact my world that I'm in? And so helping them, uh, you know, see the connection between the gospel and the mission, the urgency of sharing the gospel, not just when you're older, but when you're 14, 15, but also you're not the church of tomorrow. God's call on your life is today. And so there's gifts and there's talent and there's anointing and there's things that you can use and develop now. So like if you were to come to our youth ministry, uh, you know, from the front door all the way to our platform. It's predominantly teenagers. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you look at our platform on a on a youth night for worship and it's all teenagers. Yeah, the cool. the people that are running everything, it's teenagers because we're just trying to create um, an empowering environment for them to be equipped, learn how to discover and use their gifts and feel like they got something valuable to offer right now. That's really so. great. Um and and especially pastoring in the Seattle area, I'm sure integrating faith into their life is especially challenging in such a secular environment. 
what role do does um, mentorship and personal that personal uh, one-on-one leadership time that you have with your students what role do you feel like that plays into helping them become a more fully formed uh, disciple everything yeah. I mean I don't know if you can overemphasize right. how important it is right. you know because uh, you know you guys have heard this and this is not new this is an axiom that's been around for a long time there are some things that are taught mm-hmm. and there are some things that are caught right, right? like right. there are totally some things right. that you can tell them but that that has a, a threshold totally but then there are other things that are really only imparted through that personal experience of being in the room eye to eye shoulder to shoulder sure. with someone living and walking it out so mentorship um, has really been a big place where we've kind of put a lot of our eggs in that basket. Mm, you know, when great. we train our team, we're not training our adult leaders to, you know, put on a youth gathering or to run a service, right. but we're training them to be pastors and shepherds mm. over the students that they've been given, which means, you know, you're caring for them. You're meeting them where they're at. You're spending time in their world and you're inviting them into your world. Mm. You know, I think if you were to look at the students in our youth ministry who are thriving, there's a direct correlation to the amount of personal relationship they have mm. uh, with their leader. Someone who's teaching them, hey, we're going to sit down, we're going to read the Bible together. Totally. We're going to pray together. I'm going to show you how my spouse and I interact. I'm going to invite you into my home. Like You're going to see our life and our That's world. Great. And the things that are caught in those moments, right. oh my right. goodness. They may never remember one sermon that they heard when they were a student in youth ministry, but they will be marked forever by the things that they caught in Mm -hmm. those sort of relationships. Relational connection. I want to pivot a little bit on uh, and talk a little bit about your background before you jumped into ministry throughout... I know your your college experience. You you studied communication and, mm-hmm. and preaching, ultimately pursuing your in graduate degree and receiving a master of arts in ministerial leadership, even here at Southeastern. Tell us a little bit about the value and the importance of of college and what it does for your life to prepare for your call and 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 how higher education ultimately sets you up for for what God calls you to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've benefited not only from uh, a great college experience, but also from being a part of a great internship in church. And, and I honestly think that I probably am a byproduct of what I would consider to be the best case scenario for anybody where you've got a vibrant classroom, right. where you've got teachers and professors who aren't just you know disseminating information, but they really care about nurturing and developing you as a person and as a leader. Uh, so both my time at Northwest and here at Southeastern, the classroom has been challenging. Mm-hmm. Like it, the thoughts and the content, um, the projects that make you think beyond just the surface level, but actually have to dive in and process why we believe what we believe. Why do we want to go these routes? Why do we want to do these things? Then coupled with the real life application of how that fleshes itself out in the local church, Um, being able to take these concepts, literally drive from class to the church and then go like, okay, does it, can I try this on? Does it work? Uh, I feel like that that combination is uh, the breeding ground that really produces great ministers, great yeah, leaders, totally. um, that, that dynamic combo. And how important is it to, you know, you're, you're talking about the value of that experiential piece, internships and mm-hmm. stepping, how, how valuable is it to get into those early on in your career? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times programs tack them on at the end, like right, a senior right. project or a senior experience. But but getting getting involved early on and and, and joining, you know, a, a team and, and investing in ministry even while you're learning, mm-hmm. how important is that? It's massive. You know, I think that one of the misnomers that a lot of people have is that you you don't have time 
during mm-hmm. this season of your life. Uh, you're in college, you're a full-time student, you got a lot going on, you're trying, maybe you got a part-time job, you're trying to you know, pay some bills. Uh, but a, a challenge that was given to me early that was so true was that from this point on, life does not get slower, it only gets faster. That's life true. is only going right. to get busier. Right. And so if you can learn now how to add things that are valuable and manage your time, you're gonna be that much better mm-hmm. off. And so. I was fortunate enough to have that challenge put in front of me early, yep. and it was like, "Hey, you're gonna not only be a full time student, and you're gonna be involved in student leadership, and you're gonna, you know, have a social life, but you're also gonna get plugged in and serve at the local church." Mm. Um, those were the difficult decisions that I had to make early. That honestly were like sandpaper. Yeah. They they smoothed out so many rough edges in my life that when I did step into full time ministry, I think that I was able to sidestep a lot of early problems, sure, right. difficulties, learning curves that I think maybe. People people who started an internship later mm. um, have to wrestle with. And yeah. early ministry is hard enough already. Right. And so if you're getting into it late, you're just setting yourself up for a more difficult entry uh, experience. Yeah. You know? That's really yeah. good. I remember when I was doing my MDiv at mm-hmm. Southeastern, um, I had the privilege of serving as a youth pastor at a small church in the next town over. And I remember one of the best things for me, one of the most fulfilling things for me was taking what I was learning in the classroom and then applying it directly into my ministry um, context. But what um, what advice do you think you would give to a student like, like I was um, who's in one of these ministry-related degrees but doesn't necessarily have that outlet just yet, um, but they want to, they want to become pursuing, uh, begin pursuing that path as a pastor, what advice would you give to a ministry student who's kind of seeking to follow in your footsteps, if you will? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that one thing I would encourage them is to go seek out good mentors in their life. I think sometimes, and I fell into this for a little while where I thought, um, well, I'm just going to wait for a leader to see the value Mm. in me and then ask me to be a part of something instead of being proactive and going, okay, um, you know, I may not have this great opportunity in front of me, but who are some people that I admire? Uh, Who are some people maybe locally who are doing what I want to do? And and how can I go and make a connection, make myself available and even ask for mentorship? I think that's one of the most powerful things you can do is ask, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right. They say no. And you're you're still where where you were (laughs) anyway. So being proactive about going, hey, um, who are some people who are doing ministry that I would love to be a part of and sure. go go ask. I think that even just being at a local church and start serving. Mm. I have found um, that <coughs> students who have got involved in our church and who have, you know, maybe they were an intern or maybe they're just a high-level volunteer by making themselves available and just being willing to grind and being willing to like serve the church, yeah. either we hire them or we become their network totally. for how they are going to go be hired. So if you, got, if you got a heart to go be in the local church and serve in, in full-time ministry, do not wait until you've got a J-O-B mm. like at a church. You just need to go get busy serving the church. Totally. And if you do that, open doors will happen for you. Sure. But I, yeah. you can't wait. Serve for, the church. Some, yeah, so go serve. serve. The church. Go yeah. serve. You can't lose. Good advice. Good advice. You know, obviously, I'm sure throughout your ministry life, I mean, it can get hectic as a father, sure. as a husband, as a pastor. How do, you, how do you bring balance into your life? What are some of the keys you've discovered, you know, to marriage, parenthood, mm. and, and ministry leadership? Yeah, uh, I would say a couple things. Number one, uh, you need to be predetermined 
about who you want to be yeah. and you know the kind of person you want to be. You need to be principle driven. So for me, what that means is I'm going to decide what are the greatest priorities about the kind of man I want to be, follower of Jesus I want to be. And then I'm going to figure out, okay, if that's who I want to be, what things do I need to make priorities in my life? And and then I don't cheat on those. Yeah. There, you know, I think there's a great book. I think literally the title is Choose to Cheat. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the whole concept is you can't give 100% of yourself to everything. Right. So there are going to be things that aren't going to get 100% of you. You better make sure that the things that really matter are the things that you are giving yeah. yourself to. So, you know, for me, it's it's my family first, you know. Yeah. So it's, you know, my, my wife, my kids. What do I need to do to be the husband? that I need to be? What do I need to do to be the father that I need to be? And then, you know, when it comes to calling and ministry, what are the things that I need to do to be able to look myself in the mirror and ultimately look Jesus in the eyes yeah, and yeah. say, like, I was faithful right. to the call. And to be honest, everything else outside of there, <clears throat> I cheat on those things. Yeah, yeah You know, so for me, some of the things that drive me are, I, I want to stay I want to stay in good shape because I got two boys yeah. that are go, go, yeah. go. And I don't ever want to be that dad. That well, was I like, was going to say that. I was going to say that. I'm sure all of our viewers would like to know what does your workout regiment look like? Nobody's going to watch this podcast and not look at your biceps. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, like I heard, uh, I heard someone ask Craig Groeschel that question one time. They said, what's your workout routine? Yeah. You know what his response was? What? He says, you're asking the wrong question. <laughs> yeah. And they said, well, what question should I ask? And he said, you need to ask, what do you eat? There yeah, you go. No, that's I mean, exactly that's the right. Truth. That's the you truth. know, and uh, so I think being active is important. Yeah. But yeah, being smart about what you eat, totally. but like understanding there are um, the way we look at it is this: there is no such thing as a perfect, even keel work-life balance all sure, the time. Sure. There are moments that we know throughout our year that are going to be a sprint. Yeah. And they just are. But we communicate about those things. Yeah. And so for my wife and I specifically, and for our kids now, because they're at the age where they understand a lot of these pressures, we talk about how when we know we're going into a busy season, hey, uh, this is going to be a time where mom and dad are going to be pretty busy, mm. you know, but we're going <laughs> to, when this, when this event happens or when we get through this moment, we are going to go party, right. play yeah. hard. And we do. That's great. And, you know, we, we recognize and realize there's pockets where you're going to have to be more present and there's pockets yeah. where you're going to be more right. disconnected. And right. I just think the key to it all is number one, communicating a lot with each other. And number two, making sure that you don't cheat on your spiritual life totally. because it's so easy to allow those places of your personal devotion with Jesus to be the first thing that goes out oh, the yeah. door when yeah. life gets busy. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I think it's the day and age we live in because we hear about them all the time, but there are way too many people who are either disqualifying themselves mm. or uh, being disqualified uh, simply because they're not good right. at nurturing the things that really matter in the midst of busyness right. and chaos yeah. and, and making sure that you're healthy so that you can manage all of yeah, it. But that's good. That's good. I know that a lot of um, our viewers are, are right around that postgraduate, just yeah. out of college, young leadership mm -hmm. kind of age. If you were to go back to when you were in that season of your yeah. life, just out of college, um, maybe looking for your next opportunity, what would be the best piece of advice that you would give to yourself through that season where you're not sure what's coming next, or maybe you're waiting for that perfect open door. You're just kind of, uh, you know, trying to be patient while you're waiting for what God is going to do next. What, what advice would you give? You know, when I look back at my own journey, one of the regrets I have is I think early on I was a very insecure leader. Mm. And the way it manifested was I tried to act like I knew everything sure. and, you know, <laughs> that I had all the best right, ideas right, and right, I didn't right. need anybody's help. And right. I think one of the lessons I learned was that um, 
ministry is only as lonely as you allow it to be. And I found myself in a pretty lonely spot early on because I was too insecure to uh, ask for help or to initiate a phone call to the guy down the street who was doing ministry as well. And I wish I would have been more intentional about either asking for help or just surrounding myself with other people who were doing what I was doing maybe better than me. Sure. Um, I think I would have learned a lot more. I think I, well, I would have challenged my thinking a lot more. Um, I also think that uh, if I were to go back and do it again, I would I would encourage myself to take more risks. That's great. You know, I think that uh, in my insecurity, I was afraid to do anything that was going to fail. Mm. Uh, but when you're, you know, uh, we were watching a game the other night. And uh, there was a team that was ahead late in the fourth quarter, and they started to play conservative. They started to play not to lose the game. And when you shift from playing to win the game to playing just not to lose the game, it changes everything. You end up losing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think that early on in ministry, I was playing not to lose the game. And I think when you learn uh, to to be willing to take the appropriate risks, to have faith, to believe for big mm. things, uh, and to be willing to to put yourself out there, I think you just position yourself in a place for God to honor you and bless you. Not be stupid or reckless, totally. but to say like, hey, let's let's go for it. Let's dream Try a big something. dream. Yeah. Let's let's run. Yeah, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of young leaders struggle to see their spiritual gifts. A lot of times they struggle to know their their. Divine, you know, the phrase we use here, uh, divine design, their divine yeah. purpose. For some, it could be more clear and, and obvious than it is for others. Uh, what encouragement uh, do you give or would give to those who are constantly unaware of their design so that they can kind of hone in and realize, man, this is what God made you for. This is how he's wired you. This is how he's equipped you. Yeah. Well, I think number one, and this is the low-hanging fruit, Mm. we live in a day and age where there are more resources available at the end of one Google search that will help you figure out how you're wired and your gifts and, you know, even specifically things that are tailored to the church, like StrengthsFinder and things that will help you discover more of your spiritual gifts. But those... Those will give you a few paragraphs or maybe a few pages that will explain something to you, but to be able to sit down with someone and someone who knows you well, who works alongside of you that you trust, to be able to just ask the question, hey, what do you see in me? Um, And I think oftentimes we want to know what what are my blind spots? Mm. You know, um, what are things I'm not good at? But I also think it's equally as valuable to ask someone, what do you see as my strengths? You know, what are the things you see in me that are unique to me and set me apart? Uh, I think there was a a way of thinking maybe a decade ago where the idea was discover your weaknesses and work hard to bring them up, right? So that you don't have any glaring gaps. And I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been a shift where people are saying, go discover what you are uniquely gifted at and go put all your chips into those things because those are the things that set you, that God has uniquely put in your life for a reason. Um, But you need to to ask, ask people what they see in you And then don't be afraid to go develop those things. For me, I have been regularly communicating now for 16 years. I watch every single sermon that I preach Mm. through a critical eye, and I ask other people for feedback and input every time I communicate. Uh, Because I realize that if I've been given a gift, I'm also responsible for how I steward that gift. And I never want to be in a place where I think the the sword is sharp enough. Totally. You know, I always want to be having people help me, help me make it sharper, help me make it better. So I say, use the resources that are available and then go get some people around you that you can ask some honest questions to. Yeah. You mentioned strength finders. Yeah. Uh, Do you like personality tests? Do you like those (laughs) things? Enneagram (laughs) and Myers-Briggs? I I have no issue with them. Okay. I think the only place that I get a little 
hesitant around <laughs> is when people use them as their excuse sure. for why right. they're sure. why they're lazy or sure. why they're a jerk or yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I'm a three. It's like, well, that's not your excuse. Like, yeah, you can, you can yeah, work on yeah. that, you know, no, like. Yeah. So that's, a, that's my only issue. Yeah, you're on the right podcast. Dr. Engel doesn't like them anymore. I don't either. They ask me, what are what number are you at? I'm all of them. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I, I can I, be whatever I, I need I to be. I contextualize, you know? Yeah, if I need yeah. to be a, a this, I'll be that. You yeah, know? exactly. So, but, you know, they obviously are a guide. But I, I think your wisdom is so good. Uh, and that's why mentors are so important. People sure. that can speak in your life and can can affirm or confirm, you know, what God is doing, and it's great to have those voices that can give you that guidance. Um, yeah. It's so, so good. So, yeah, that's powerful. A couple more questions, and then we're going to move into our famous fire round oh, as we close out uh, <laughs> our, our conversation. And so grateful for this conversation. Oh, thank and, you. And your your wisdom and, and insight is, is huge. Uh, obviously, um, you know, I'm sure uh, life throughout your ministry, as you even now reflect um, has a lot of how do you how do you focus on discerning what it is God wants you to accomplish or the mm-hmm. word that He wants you to share? Uh, you know, people. You know, they always want to make sure they're hearing from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what is that process for you that helps you to really discern? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to discernment, there are a couple things you just cannot, you know, uh, you cannot remove from the process. Number one, if you're looking to discern the voice of God, you better get familiar with the voice of God, yeah, you know? Right. And so I think that for me, one of the things that's been helpful is just a, a regular rhythm of being with Jesus. Yeah. And, and there's there's no way to like sugarcoat that or yeah, make that yeah. sound, you know, sexier than it is. Being alone with God, the mm. familiarity with His voice and the nearness that you develop just through intimate time with Him, it allows you to be more in tune with those those momentary, you know, moments where He just drops something in your heart mm-hmm. right. in, in due season, in the right time, you know. Um, I think the other thing is one of the best ways, uh, I'm a... I went through a big sneaker phase. Okay. You know, there's probably a lot of people okay. who listen as are sneaker people. But um, one of the, I didn't realize when I started getting into sneakers that there was such a huge fake sneaker market. Right. Sure, like sure. it's massive. Right, and sure. like people are paying 150, 200 bucks for fake shoes, yeah, not just even the real ones, they're fake ones. And so you got to realize the quickest way for you to discern something that's fake is to know what the real thing looks like. Yeah, you know what I good. mean? And I think in in our day and age, if you're needing a discerning spirit, the quickest way for you to discern the wrong things is you better know what the right thing looks like. If you want to know uh, what the voice of the enemy sounds like, you better know what the voice of the Lord That's sounds good, like. Yeah. So you cannot overestimate time in prayer, time in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the other thing that's really helpful to me is uh, I very rarely will make decisions in isolation. That's really good. Uh, you know, first, God's given me an amazing spouse, and there's a lot of stuff that I will first bring to her. Uh, I joke around all the time that sometimes the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice yes. of my wife yes. sounds really sounds similar. Same, right? yeah. um, but then even beyond, you know, what she'll give me feedback for, like I have other people in my life who are spiritual leaders who yeah. I bring things to regularly. Regularly and say, good. help me, help me discern. Like, is this me? Is this God? Um, is it something else? Is it my flesh? And they're really helpful, you know. Yeah. So I think that uh, you don't have to just, you know, make decisions all by yourself. God's given you community. God's given you leaders in your life that are there to help you in those moments. So yeah. I think discernment, decision making, really comes down to those things: prayer, scripture, and the and the yeah. community that God's given you. 
Very That's good. So good. So good. Well, we uh, we want to move into our fire round and, and ask you just uh, two I'm, or three quick questions. I'm nervous for the fire yeah. round. Oh, no, you're going to you're gonna do <laughs> really great. Uh, really just good. want you to uh, answer with your gut. We want to grab a few practical, applicable pieces of advice from uh, your experiences for all of our listeners. So uh, let's begin. Patrick, you fire the first one Alrighty. away. Alrighty. So what would you say is the number one most important thing towards living a more Christ-like life? Ooh, number one, if you're going to live a Christ-like life, you better learn how Christ lived his life, you know? <laughs> so that would, be, that would be what I say. I mean, just get into the gospel, yeah. study the life of Jesus, yeah. look how he interacted with people, look how he valued the people that he valued, the way he made time for people, even in the midst of his busyness, the way he knew scripture, the way he retreated for prayer. Uh, I think that he gives us a lot to, uh, you know, both in the way he taught, but also in the things that he modeled. Yeah. You better learn. One it. of those things that's simple, yep. but not easy. Yeah, simple. Absolutely. Yeah. So good. All right. Question two: How can followers of Jesus be spirit-driven and avoid becoming self-driven? Oof, that's a great question. I would say, like a lot of what we've already talked about, right. you need to surround yourself with people who aren't afraid, yeah. you know, to to uh, speak into your life. You need to give people permission to call you out when you're out of bounds, and when mm, you're out of totally. line, and when you're acting in your flesh. Uh, I think that. You know, when you spend regular time bringing your heart before the Lord, He sifts a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so, um, you, there's nothing wrong with ambition. Yeah, you need to have ambition. Yeah, absolutely, you need to you need to go chase down the biggest mountain you can find. But you better make sure that the Lord is asking you yeah. to go chase that mountain down. Yeah. You know, it's really good. All right, our last question, uh, and I think this is very relevant for for you coming from uh, the Seattle area, like we already said, but what would you say is the first piece of advice you would give to somebody who is in a situation where they feel like their beliefs are being questioned or maybe even attacked? Yeah, I would say um, you can win an argument and lose the person. Oh, come on. You know, and I think we got to remember that we're in the we're in the people winning business, great. right? Of winning people to Jesus. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we're so concerned with being right that we burn the bridge of relationship totally. and totally. it's only through relationship that we're able to lead people to Christ. And so being discerning, go back to what we were talking about earlier of those moments where you need to push and those moments where you need to pull back. Yeah. Um but but I would say it's also okay to say I don't know. Yeah. Like when someone has a question and you don't know, instead of making one up, just tell them, I don't, I don't know. know. That's a good. great question. Really good. I would love to go search that out with you. Yeah. You know? So that's that's what I would say. Love it. Yeah. Josh, thank you so much for joining us today on Framework Leadership Podcast. Oh, Thanks privilege for having me. to you're a great friend and love you and your family and uh, and grateful. And you know what I love about you and what I've admired in your leadership is you you understand how to contextualize and and then celebrate the ways to communicate that to the context and and you're you're there's no doubt you're gifted in that and yeah. grateful well, for that you, and if you are in the Seattle area ever you need to stop by East Ridge That's and right. Check it out. It's an amazing church. Uh, the architecture alone yeah. is uh, amazing. <laughs> One of I, the most incredible buildings I, I've ever seen. I, I, I love, I mean, it truly reflects the Northwest. Totally. I, I feel like I'm at this major lodge. It's, <laughs> lodge yeah. it's so Key beautiful. Lodge, yeah. But uh, yeah, so if you're in the area, stop by and just great uh, great insight and great ministry that takes place from oh, that well, church. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. We appreciate Thankful you. for that. 
And if you want to stay up to date with Josh, you can follow him at on Instagram at Josh underscore Jameson. For more leadership content, check us out on Instagram at Kent underscore Ingle or Twitter at Kent Ingle and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also visit our website at www.kentingle.com. Thanks for listening to Framework Leadership. Take care, everybody.